I'm Tom Downing. I'm Adam DiCarlo. And welcome to Before the Break, a podcast for actors, by actors, brought to you by Working Actor Pro. Welcome back to another episode of Before the Break. This week, we have a wonderful guest. She's appeared on such shows as That Damn Michael Che, Monsterland, and For the People. She was in the off-Broadway production of Emojiland and can currently be seen making her Broadway debut in the new musical and Juliet. Please welcome to the show, Megan Kane. Hey. Hello. Hi. I Hi, believe Megan. you are the first guest we have had who is the spouse of another guest that we've had. I love that. Isn't that nice? It is nice. I know we were like just saying before we started recording that y'all are very familiar with this background because Ben has sat right here. Yep. Just reuse it. Easy. And he says hello and sends his love. Oh, we love him. Mm -hmm. That was a lovely episode. Yeah, this is great. We get to talk to a, you know, a person who's well, a person who's part of a, a partnership, and in in this business, you know, you, you'll find that a lot. Well, mm-hmm. if, if any actor who's dating another actor, they met in a class or like on right. set or like you know, and right. um, it's interesting because I assume that you dated before your um, before <laughs> matching with your husband, but yes, in those years trying to date people who you know, for me at least, it was dating an actor. Like the person I want to date was was not an actor because I can't date another actor, but they weren't corporate because I can't date a corporate. <laughs> you can't like date a, a corporate. <laughs> how do I, how do I, you know, my buddies like towards the end of my dating life, they're like, maybe like, it, maybe it's a director. So like in the creative, but like not an actor. I'm like, yeah, right, I right, right. See that. But, and then of course I marry an actress because you know, when you of find course. your person, it's like, they're going to work for you. Totally. But, but it is interesting to have a partner who's, who's in the business who kind of understands. I know Adam Patrick does the readings for your auditions and stuff. Yep. It's, it's very hard sometimes to get yep. like our roommates or significant others if they aren't, but, but I think no, it is, it, it provides a wonderful life that um, you're, you're seen and kind of understood in the day-to-day BS that you're having to go through day in and day out. Um, they're Absolutely. there with you and they understand the, the pressures and, and the lifestyle. Absolutely. I mean, I think Ben and I have a unique situation because we started dating uh, when we were 21 and we've been together 15 wow. years at this point. Wow. Um, married five, but together 15. And, you know, we started dating back when we were both like this, the year between like the summer between junior and senior year of college. And so we both went, we were both in BFA programs and both went back to school and did like long distance for a year. And right after I graduated college, I moved to the city like five days after I graduated, but he was already here because he went to school in the city. Did you ever think you'd both be on Broadway at the same time, which is about Never to happen very, very, very shortly? Never in a million years. Never in a million years. How cool is that? Wonderful. It's the wildest. When does, when does his show open? April? Uh, yes. April. I think they start previews the beginning of April. That's and. Uh, yeah, it's right it's, around the corner. And our theaters are literally one street away from each other. Great. I'm on 23rd and he's going to be on 44th. It's so Great. fucking wild. It's wild. <laughs> beautiful, though. 
It really you is. You know, and, and I, I see um, I see actors who are like, you know, they're they're a few years ahead of us, a couple of decades ahead, and they're married and they're and they talk about their life, their lives as new mm-hmm. couples. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying in the first 10 years of their marriage, but being actors and how what an adventure it was jumping from job to job. And sometimes you were on the same lot and sometimes you were on the same stage. And and yes. it's just so interesting in such a small world too. But I think mm-hmm. that it's super rare to be on a Broadway stage. And it's extra rare to have two people who are partners on the stage. I mean, it must speak to to the talent of you too. I mean, something. I don't know. It's pretty cool. We've only gotten to work together one time, and uh, we we did an episode of For the People together. I, we did a scene together, and I'll never forget when I got that audition. My agent sent it, and um, it came through. And Ben was in LA filming and I was back in, in New York. I don't, I, I was kind of bouncing between LA and New York at that time. Cause he was out there filming and I wanted to be with him, but obviously auditioned for theater a lot. So I was here and that audition came through and I was like, for the people. And I like, look at the scene. I look at the sides and it was said it was with Seth Oliver. And I was like, Ben plays Seth Oliver. So I like call my agents immediately. And I was like, you know, this scene is with Ben. And they were like, well, we knew it was, we knew he was on the show, but we didn't realize the scene was with him. So I called Ben. I was like, guess who gets to be a reader for me, for my audition with you? Right, right. Have the actual actor on your audition right? tape. Exactly. So that's Casting's what I like, wait, wait, I know who that is voice. that? Yeah, wait, exactly. what? How did she get his audio from the show? We haven't even recorded right? it yet. So <laughs> odd. So odd. Yeah. So that's that the only time we've so ever gotten to work together. And we've often said, like, if it was any, like, a play or something, we were always like, would we? Would it be good? Or, like, meaning, like, would it be good to work together? Or would we just, like, go at it? I don't know. <laughs> I know. I mean, truly, like... That's a thing. Because his process is very about. different than mine. Even and when it's we sort do, of like, like that that old adage: "Don't go into business with your family." You know, <laughs> like when you're you're on set and you're like, "He doesn't know his fucking lines." Oh right, right. He doesn't know his lines. He's un- no, no. And then you're just constantly apologizing for him. Right. Exactly. I'm so sorry. He's had a long <laughs> week, honestly, and the dog is like a big thing at home. Dog. <laughs> also, yes, I should say to the to the listeners that uh, if you hear like a snorting sound, it's my dog. He he's a Frenchie and he snores a lot. So no. it's next to me. <laughs> so we mine just got his little balls cut off yesterday. No. So he's, he's in his crate right now, he's and I'm a- having to like just wait on him and. Not having to. It's actually a pleasure. Yeah, but he's just really in a bad state right now. Oh, my gosh. I know. I'm taking Ollie after this to go get his his yearly shots. That's what he's got to go do. All right. Well, maybe a pup cup after if he's good. Maybe a a pup cup. (laughs) Don't say it too loud, Megan. (laughs) I know. He's going to be like, what? Um, All right, Megan. Let's pop cup after this appointment. (laughs) I always do. He always remembers. It's not like they're going to forget. My God, you say never, never. Um, Okay, Megan. Let's talk about. This isn't a partner episode. By God, we're going to talk about um, acting. Yeah, forget Ben. You had a whole episode with him, and he came into another one. We had a did we had an episode where somebody. He was the impetus of her because it was so wild. Yeah, becoming what? an actor. And I'm like, isn't so that crazy. funny? It sounds what if it was Ben? She's like, it was. No way. Like, you're kidding. She had seen it. Him it like it got oddly specific. Very and we wild. were both sort of thinking the same thing. And Tom goes, I'm sorry to cut you off. You wouldn't happen to be talking about Ben Rappaport, would you? No and she way. was like, and it was simply. Why do you know that? Yes, it was Ben Rappaport. We were like, "Oh my yeah. god!" It was so funny, so funny. 
that you small, know small world small world small world um okay so let's let's talk megan let's talk let's just, let's just start at the beginning <laughs> okay okay where okay. did all the adam adam has a lovely question he loves to pose where did the pain start where did um, the pain start <laughs> Or when, rather. So talk to us about your upbringing. I'd love to hear about, you know, where you're from and and, and mm -hmm. the environment that hopefully um, kind of fostered this this yeah. instinct to go into acting. You're from South Carolina, California, and Texas. So wow. tell us very where good. you are Very from. good. So, yeah, I was born in South Carolina, but, like, only lived there until I was two. My dad was in the golf business at the time. And so... The golf business or the golf business? <laughs> You know, the he could golf, be an oil spill or maybe he's golf, taking care of the edges of her coastline. Okay, golf, got it. Yes, golf. <laughs> and um, he, yeah, so we moved to Southern California and I was in second grade and an audition. Whereabouts? I'm from Southern California. Oh, I was Mission Viejo. Oh, I'm from Orange. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, I don't honestly don't remember it all that well just because I only lived there till I was eight. And so I like remember like bits and pieces of it, but yeah, not that much, but, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. An audition for my elementary school's production of Annie came oh, across oh, the oh. desk and I just said, mom, I want to audition for it. And she said, okay. And your and rep was like, I think you have a really good chance. The other kids are, so I auditioned, but I was only in second grade. And my mom, my mom has the story about the, the the woman that was directing this production who is actually coming to see me on Broadway next week, which is really oh, crazy. Um, called my mom and said, I think that she is really special. And my mom was like, well, thanks. She's my kid. I, like I think she so needs to too. be in a different class. No, 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 no. Like legitimately. <laughs> like, like legitimately talented. I don't know. And, uh, <laughs> And my mom said, well, thanks. And she said, well, I, I want to give her the, the role of Annie, but I she's so young. I don't think that she could do it. So I'm going to give her Molly. So I got Molly in my in my mm. school's production. And I'm, I'm literally not kidding. It was from that moment on that I that I knew that I was going to be an actor for the rest of my life. Yeah, and I begged my mom to get me an agent in L.A. So she did. You're in the second grade. During the second grade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I begged her to get me an agent. And I was like, I just want to be in the movies. I want to do something, you know? So I did. She took me down to LA and this was back before there was like, um, you know, ways. And I had to, I had, I remember I had like a physical map in my hand. And as we were driving from Orange County, California to LA, and I was like trying to give my mom directions as like a second grade, I'm like, turn, I don't know, left on this street. There's and a crease here. I don't know. You're supposed to this roll this, mom. Map. You're supposed to roll the map. <laughs> so, yeah. So I went down and I auditioned for this agent. And that agent was like the agent to the Olsen twins. And oh my God. Know, a pretty big like agent. And um, and they started repping me. And oh, I, <laughs> yeah, I know. It was crazy. And my very first audition with them was for Interview with a Vampire. Holy oh, shit. That for the Kirsten Dunst role. Right. And I and I remember I just was oh addicted. God. I was addicted. Like I was addicted to this to this <laughs> I don't know, feeling of like possibility, you know? Right. Right. This hope, this idea this that you could actually 
you have this feeling in your head and it can actually be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I auditioned here and there and did, did a few like commercials, you know, as a kid and, but really started to do like community theater. And, uh, finally somebody said, I think you should get her into voice lessons. So, so they did. And, uh, were you singing as a kid? I mean, did you have that? Yeah. Like I think I always had like a natural, uh, uh, sense of music and, and, and tone and, and pitch. But, uh, yeah, I got, I got into voice lessons and I started learning in about, I think like third grade. It was when I was in voice lessons and I, I was I just going it. to third grade in third grade. <laughs> I was singing in detention. So she's fucking auditioning opposite you know, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. <laughs> right. I mean, hardly, it was more just like me and the casting director, but like I was auditioning for that movie, I suppose. Um, yeah. And then my parents, uh, I told them they ruined my life because they were moving to Texas. My dad's job was taking them to Texas. I was like, you're ruining my life. This and honestly, thing. this golf. I'll come visit when I can, but like. Right? Yeah, like I'm staying in LA. Auditions <laughs> are full-time job. Right? I often have that that thought though, like what if I did like stay? What was that place that all the like childhood actors like lived in LA? That like. Viper room. Um, <laughs> not that. Childhood actors. Yeah, it was like. Yeah, it was like an apartment building. What is the name that I'm trying to think of? It's like all the kid actors lived there. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So there's there was an actual like living quarters for the youngsters. Yeah, like their them and their like you know parental unit would go. Right. And, like, like if if they didn't live was, live in L.A. Yeah, was, there a was it on Universal? It was on Universal. It's called the Near Hollywood Universal. Effect or something. Yes, there's a documentary about this. It's okay. so sad. So it's about sad. child act. It's I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And they would all go during pilot season. Anyways, yes. I oftentimes thought like what would have happened if I like would have become like one of those kids or whatever. But no, my parents were like, we're moving to Texas. Mm-hmm. There's theater in Texas. It's you're going to be OK. You'll keep your innocence uh, a little bit longer and exactly. uh, you're going to be all right. Exactly. Like that, 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 you'd be dead right now, Megan. Seriously. <laughs> no, not no, we would all. Oh, come on. Of course you would. Everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's My it's a miracle was- if someone if someone's well adjusted at four at 40 in their adulthood yeah. from yeah. being I'm Oop, sorry, but head. it's a real thing, I think. I mean, it really Yeah, is. no. That, that that shit is real. Seriously. Who knows what you're Who knows what have happened? Yeah, who knows. But also, so you're right at that age. At that age, when it's so shiny mm-hmm. and new, and mm-hmm. cr- I mean, having that stripped away from you must be yes. I was heartbroken, traumatic. heartbroken, and like neither not neither one of my brothers were interested in the arts or or anything like that. But like, I just had the most supportive family. Like, they never ever questioned that this was what I wanted, and I'm very strong willed, and I. I always just made it abundantly clear and they always just fully supported my dreams. And I mean, if they see a kid who's this serious right? about something yeah. that's so difficult and so lifelong, I mean, you, you can't really deny it. You can't take it away from no. them. That seems also had, it it seems real. But I also had no idea. You know what I mean? Like I had no, I had yeah, no idea. Yeah, but 22 year olds don't either. <laughs> you right? know, we, none of us know like right. going in our, our poor parents. It's going to take me, if my kid comes to me and says, I kind of want to be an actor. I'm going to be like, God mm-hmm. damn it. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. I yeah. Hope that 
doesn't work out and you get to go do something. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but kind well, of I not. You know, it's just you, like you, you don't trust you want it. that they know everything to, mm-hmm. to, to, that goes into this extremely volatile life, you know? Yeah. Well, you so, have to have an all or nothing mentality and it's mm-hmm. so easy yeah, yeah. for mm-hmm. a lot of people to, you know, get discouraged and be like, Maybe I do do something, you know, and then it's, you know, yeah. I think people who last, it's, it's a mentality of this is it. The, I'm just waiting for I'm when waiting it for my, finally happens. For my turn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yep. exactly. And so I, how was and Texas? I, how long did you st- uh, stay there then? Well, I was there from fourth grade through high school. Gotcha. And uh, I found an amazing, wonderful voice teacher. And I started auditioning for like, community theaters and professional theaters downtown. They have the, the I like in eighth grade, like just so you know, Smoking. I auditioned for Interview with the Vampires. So like, <laughs> like this ain't my first like, rodeo. I might be in Texas, but <laughs> she's like, oh you're nine. I know. Like, Jesus. Out of here. You're in Texas. Um, no. Yeah. So I started auditioning for like the alley theater and stuff like that. And, and I started, started working down there and my my mom and dad we had like a little carpool of kids that lived in the woodlands which is i'm like 45 minutes north of downtown uh and they would pick us up every day after school and we'd go we'd do a show at night and we'd go home do our homework and do it all again the next day and i was so lucky because my high school theater program um at a pub at our public school in texas was incredible like truly incredible One yep. of those, and I had, you know, well, I just like you know in Hollywood how they do it, is, and they're like, <laughs> they different bulbs at the vanity. Yeah, I didn't have much success right. in Hollywood as a child, so I clearly had no leg to stand on. <laughs> it was no, stripped from that. me. It was stripped. It was all taken away. Best eight months um, of my goddamn life. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so my teacher, I still to this day like contribute a lot of like what I know to be true as an actor. What I learned from Mrs. Erlinson, I really do, like in high school. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. And we, you know, theater in high school in Texas is competitive. Did Ben talk about this when Ben was on? <laughs> I imagine it's almost like cheerleading. It's, it's like that thing where like, yeah, it's it's like a big, is he very from Texas? heavy. Yes, that's where we met. We met in high school. Yeah. Cheerleading. <laughs> no, we, we're both cheerleaders in high school. Okay, so yeah, yeah. so it's oh pretty like. Like that show yeah. choir, that's yes. it's like a real thing, right? You do one act plays and you compete with this one act play with a rule book that's like, you know, the size of, of the Bible. It's so thick. And you uh, compete against other schools. And it says there is, there are no rules. You know, so we would, um, we would go to like, you know, there's like area and regionals and state and all these things. And, uh, that's how Ben and I met is our schools would compete against each other. Oh my God. And you were rivals. They, we were rivals. We really were. Like and, uh, the, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I did that and, it came time to, you know, to audition for schools. And I always just knew I wanted to go to a BFA musical theater program. And I ended up getting into Webster and I went and visited and, uh, and I loved that the school was really um, heavy in acting, that it was really like an acting focused musical theater program. Right. Awesome. Which is what I really, really wanted and needed quite frankly. Yep. So I uh, I went there 
And honestly, one of the best decisions I've ever made. I still, I still think about it. I'm like, what would have happened? Would my career taken off quicker if I would have went to like Carnegie or Juilliard or like Michigan or like one of those, one of those big programs. But honestly, Webster was the best thing that happened to me. And I made my lifelong friends there. And five days after graduation, I moved to the city. Nice. And did you, you, I'm going to assume you did musical theater. So your end game was New York City. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Always. It was, there was no question in my mind that I wanted to live in New York. And uh, I also knew that I didn't want to go to school in the city, to be honest. Why? I, I, I really wanted the training without the pressure of auditioning. Like I really oh, concurrently. Right. And I feel okay. like that's not necessarily true for, for everyone that goes to school in the city, obviously. But I knew that if I, if I would have come here, that I would have felt this uh, innate pressure to like audition at the same time as, as training yeah. and, uh, and pressure from myself. Clearly that's, <laughs> that's it. Right. And right. yeah. And so I, uh, so I went to school in St. Louis and moved here and I was lucky that I had, had my husband already lived here. So there was a lot of like showing me the ropes, you know, like how do I take the subway? Yeah. Where do I live? Where do I, what's, what's Ripley Greer? What's Pearl Studios? You know what I mean? Like so many questions, right? right? Like the first five months and then like, (laughs) I'll never forget the first subway ride where I didn't use my phone. I was going someplace and I I would just know how to get there. And it was just like, do you feel like a star? I feel like, well, I felt like, not totally out of place anymore. I felt totally. like this place was a little you just familiar. Take the e to you just take the one uptown. Okay. Not that hard. Not that hard. Yeah. No, I remember that too. I remember that too. And I, and when I first moved here, I got a, um, an apartment in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Do you know, do you know where that oh is? Oh my God. Yeah. All the way at the bottom. It's lovely, lovely, oh, yeah. but I just had no idea. They have different air so there, far. don't they? They really do. It's it's it's, yeah. it's closer to Europe, actually. <laughs> it is so fucking far. When I and hear Bay like Ridge or hour. Red Hook, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's probably 90 oh. minutes at least into the Easily. city on a on a decent, decent day. Yeah, but I didn't know better, so I just no. got an apartment down there, and I was like, it's gorgeous, it's beautiful, it's by mm-hmm. the water. Um, I can see the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> the Statue of Liberty. They're like, you're too far. You're way too far. Way too far. Way too far. So, but I, I didn't know better. And I, and I, and I got an apartment down there. I only lasted there for three months because I realized how just absolutely not so good. I, it's not convenient for when your life is probably going to be revolving around Midtown. Totally. Right. Totally. Right. So, yeah. And then I moved to the city and that's when all the, the real pain started. Uh-huh. <laughs> She rips off a scab. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but yes. man, what, isn't it so much better though? There were times where I was going back to Astoria at two in the morning and then I'd get home at 5.30 because the R was down or something totally. and it was just hell. And then I had my last four months in, in New York was essentially in Times Square. To get home uh-huh. in 12 minutes from like anywhere was the most incredible feeling. Incredible thing ever. Totally. We'd like get dinner and he's like, oh my God. My apartment is two blocks that way. Yeah. Isn't that gorgeous? Oh. I know. Oh. It's going to take <laughs> me at least five minutes to get there. <laughs> Jesus, Adam. So inconvenient. 
going. Okay, so so as as um as things started to like pick up in the city, what mm-hmm. first of all, let's talk about the traction and and reps and stuff like that. What were your mm-hmm. um, steps to getting that kind of a structure built? So I started auditioning for anything that I felt like I was right for, not right for. Just through where and it. how? How did you hear through, about? Them? I, th- I think you know. Well, I moved to the city with my EMC card. So, because oh. I had in school, uh, that Webster, helps. it really, really helped specifically yeah. back then, back when, you know, when in the equity building, when you non people had to sit on the benches outside, when you couldn't pee, you had to go to McDonald's downstairs to pee. You had but to bring you your had, own cardboard, just like the right? rest of everybody on the street. Right. Yeah. And with yeah. your EMC card, you could go in, you could go into the building and you could sit in there and get on the EMC list and things like that. So. Like in Wayne's world when they have their backstage passes. And like, like, excuse, right. me, excuse, me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Exactly. Excuse me. That's kind of what it felt like. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I uh, I started auditioning <laughs> for, for anything that I was right, not right, any anything. And through, you know, I don't even know, maybe the Equity website or through, you know, Playbill or... So many, so many random Backstage. Masks. Backstage, yeah. yeah. You know, magazine. It was still like a... Is it still like an actual newspaper magazine you can get? I think so. Like, cause you know, it would come out at the newsstands and you would go get it every week and you would circle which ones you wanted to go to. Yeah. I know. I pay found, phone like, and call. Yeah. No, I no, no. I know. I know. Right <laughs> but it does yeah. make us sound like so old, but it's true. There was a precipice right. of change. Yes. You know, Robin, Robin talks about going down to the, um, it's escaping me now. What was it called? It's just a word. It's, it's, it was this, um, the store that sold scripts and stuff like that. It, it was shut down. Like, like drama right books. Before. Oh no! Um, but that's how he would get books. like the agent booklets and like he. Circ- yep, and I would I would all circle all of them and I would do. Blind Barnes and Noble had those like oh, a really? Xerox thing that was stapled yep. and it had. Um, there was one for agents and managers yep. and casting directors. What was currently filming, and they were like somebody made it in the fucking rec room, right? It, like it was just, just so no frills stapled together. Totally. Yep. And they were way expensive. Yeah. They were really expensive. I remember oh, that. Funny. And yeah. So I did all that. I, I did blind mailings. I went to, right. to any audition I could. And my, one of the first things I booked was uh, a theater works tour of Junie B. Jones. Theater works. If, the, if uh, you haven't seen Capital T theater works. Capital uh-huh. W in the breakdown of Actors Access or whatever. They're they're usually saying if uh, if I'm if I'm wrong, tell me. But it's usually uh-huh. like a hey, we've got like you know weekly performances at these local schools, and you're getting about twenty five dollars per uh, you know performance right. or whatever. But it was to, it was a gigantic way to get your card. Like it was like it, the, yeah. it was the That's way to like, it, get right? your equity card back. Uh, God, I haven't heard that. Theater works yeah. so long. Yeah, and I remember it was uh, to do Junie B, and I and I really liked um, Marcy and Zena, who wrote the music. I remember I like listened to their music when I was in college, and I thought if I'm going to go do a theater work story, I'd like it to be Junie B. Jones because it's it's a it's a good it's a good musical. It's really freaking cute. But I knew I didn't want to do it very long because it is, it's a lot of like cafetoriums and and cafetoriums. Uh, you, yeah, you drive the bus yourself. And you set up the set, and somebody does the props, and somebody does the oh costume. So you're getting paid as like an ASM slash actor. Adam, it sounds like the the bottom barrel indie film 
worlds where like I'm no, reading it, it reminds me articles of, of wardrobe. I'm do you remember like a the, I never I never submitted for one, but I used to see them all the time. The Discovery ID shows. Yeah, yeah, I did oh, one called Mobsters. Yeah. This, that's what this reminds me of. Yes, yes, yes. Really, it really is. <laughs> it's, it, was, um, it was not my favorite thing I've ever done. I'm not going to lie. It was not my favorite. Uh, I remember we were sitting in that van and we would be driving from, you know, across multiple states. And somebody was driving the van and how exhausted and tired we are. And then we would go and we would stay at like a Motel 6 or, you know. Or, I love or, this. Know. I got to tell you. Megan, yeah. I love this because it's kind of like you're on. Did you get compensated small... well at all? No, I think it was like no. three hundred twenty-five dollars a week. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Nothing. But 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 to drive me if I'm wrong. yourself. Yeah, and and set up the set and costumes and props and 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 then perform the show. Oh and then God. I remember if we, if there was like a Panera in the town we were in, it was like luxury. party town. There was a Panera, and we would I'm go a and Tuscan get, chicken. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like a fruity <laughs> apple Red bowl. Yep, a, like a bread Chips, bowl. please, yep. Broccoli <laughs> cheddar and um, oh You know, as much as I can, you're illustrating this very, and and <laughs> I, I say this word as as not a label to the person, but the experience, the cowboy-esque um, on the road. You're, you're mm-hmm. you know, you're with these, but you're exhausted. You're doing everything. Like, it mm-hmm. seems like you're checking the boxes off these rite of passage uh, experiences I, that in the, in the moment, yeah, it like mm-hmm. sucked. But looking back, it was so you and I your group it. of actors on the yep. road. You got a couple of bones. It was totally. so exhausting, but like, what a cool introduction and, Absolutely. and also a way to introduce you to the business while building a little bit of humility, like you're mm-hmm. coiling the cables kind of. And totally. it's like, then in 10 years, you're, you're on this cushy acting job and you're like, man, I, I really did yeah. do everything I could, you know, I, and, and held I every really, job. I really did. Yeah, yeah I really did. Yeah. And, and you get that uh, satisfaction. That's awesome. I, I do. And I'm proud of it. I'm proud of yeah. it. And, Good for you. and yeah, so, so I did that and I came home. It was, it was only three months. They do, they do, I think still six month tours and three month tours. Um, yeah. There were so many deaths. Like there were so (laughs) many people just taking themselves out. So they had to take it down to three. Yes. So I, uh, I came back to the city and then I had my card. And so I auditioned for summer stocks and, 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 uh, and I remember there was, and I don't know if these still exist. I, Maybe they do. It was called the AAA audition, actors, agent, actor access audition, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have rep, and so I went in, and I was, uh, I got seen. I had to get there at like I think five a.m. to get. They only took like twenty five people to like be on. Oh the my list. god! Yeah. So, <sighs> yeah, like something really. It was something really nuts like that. Mm. And I got on the list, and I went in, and I think I sang. I don't know what the hell I sang. Might have probably was gimme gimme. I'm not gonna lie to you. Okay. From from Millie. And they were interested. So they called me. It was like three agents in the room, and one of them was interested. And they called me to like a more formal audition for that agency. And uh and they liked me and I met with them and they signed me. So that was my that's how I got my first agent was through the how how long, how long? In, yeah. in New York City are we? We're probably two years into the city. And okay. in those two years, how many, I know you can't give me an exact number, but I yeah. know those first two years, how often I was auditioning for auditioning literally like anything 100. and everything. 
What, yeah. yeah, hundreds, right? Okay, so hundreds. so what? Uh, I just had a, a, a we had a student meetup, and a, one student asked about how to find your type, and mm-hmm. I gave a, a nice answer about about how to really do it. But truly, I think that it's in those first three hundred or four hundred auditions where mm-hmm. a specific type of character you're yeah. walking out of that audition in this extremely familiar and strong and 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 comfortable place, mm-hmm. and you know, oh, that's one of my types that yeah. I can play very well. And then a hundred auditions later, you're going to find this other kind of type that you have in your back pocket. So those three mm. or 400 auditions were like just bats swinging yeah. away, getting the feel. And then finally you get that key, which is the agent opportunity. And you're yeah. ready because you've swung so many damn times. Totally. Totally. And, and, and so much of like finding your type too. I think, you know, I can think I'm one type and then I go into a room and and they think I'm a completely different type. Does that make sense? Like so much of, of type, course. I feel like how or you're knows. a type, or you're a type, and then once you figure your type out, you're already aged out of that, it's and you're changing. entering this exactly. new exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so type, I'm always like, I don't. Does it even matter anymore? Because it's like on camera is weird too, because you're right. gonna get auditions for everything. Exactly. Like, exactly. I don't with TV and film. You aren't really in charge of what you get called in for, right? Your agent yeah. is going to, manager is going to, you know, those in. submit yeah. you for like everything because, right, right. you know, so it's like, you know, there's days that I'm playing, a, am auditioning for a villain on Blacklist, mm-hmm. but then I'm auditioning for something on Maisel that's like with an accent and really, really funny and over the top. And they couldn't be more different, but it's like, well, that's your job as an actor is to right. like, do it. <laughs> like Both I'm not going to go. The same sorry, time. succession yeah. isn't really my type. Right. I'm gonna fucking audition for succession. A hundred, a hundred times you're gonna audition for it. Every you know what I mean? Time. So it's yeah. like I don't know. Theaters may be a little different because at a certain point you are the one who's like, these are the auditions I want to go to this week. Like Absolutely. I'm going to show up for that. Whereas TV and film, it, it's it's a bit different. It's like you just do what you do. Obviously, there's going to be auditions that play to your strengths. Mm-hmm. Right. So oh, you'll be like, yeah. this has me written all, all over. over it. Yeah. And then yeah. other ones you're like, so maybe it's not even it's not a it's not a type audition, it's a strength audition. So it's like, oh, I can play a hundred of these. These are all me. I could easily book this, this, this. But this right. one is the warm, friendly, approachable dad. That's my thing, obviously. Yeah. You know, so that's the strength. Totally. And so much, cool. you know, yeah. can exist. We're such we're so complicated as humans, right? Like there is a side of me that's that's both sides of the spectrum. They all exist in me. So totally. it's just about finding how they're they're authentic and truthful for you in that moment in that day, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, I, I think that I think it's it's that finding the type isn't about the finding of the audition. It's the type that you feel comfortable playing that you can raise, apply to the next audition, and feel totally. some sort of familiar room. So the mm-hmm. warm, approachable guy, that could be the the dad, but it can also be that best friend. As long as mm-hmm. I have that feeling of that character, because you only have three days, you don't have three months right, to like right. get into this thing, right, you know? Right. So, and I think type also, you know, finding your type is, is about how to market yourself, right? It's, it's the, uh, it's the headshot. Yeah. It's the, it's yeah. the website. It's those, mm-hmm. those things. And um, I know we haven't gotten there yet in my story, but I, I, I work, I work not currently cause I'm, busy, but when I'm not busy, I work for a headshot photographer and I do hair and makeup for them. 
This is yeah. great. Oh, cool. This is great. One of my best, best friends, and he's so talented, and I have learned so much sitting in that hair and makeup trail and 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 watching actors, you know, talk to the photographer about what they're going in for or or have a lack of awareness of what they need. And it's so interesting to mm-hmm. um not be on the other side of the table, but be other other side of the the makeup yeah. brush for those conversations, you know? Yep. We were yeah, just having yeah. this conversation with uh, a guest in the last few weeks about like being really specific with a photographer and mm-hmm. being like, this is what I'm going in for. This totally. is what I want to go exactly. in for. Exactly. Here are reference photos. This is the kind of look for the shots that I'm going mm-hmm. for. And I love go, this lighting. This lighting speaks, the, this, uh, the, you know, this shot that's on your Instagram. I love yeah, that yeah. shot of that person or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, little clues for the photographer to be able to be like, okay, I see, I see you. I know okay, what are you getting it? You know, and I, and I always love it when they show their past headshot and say, this worked for me for this. And, and, mm. or, or this is my last shot. And it really wasn't. And I haven't gone out in two years. Why don't totally. we fix that? Totally. Wow. You're crying <laughs> a lot, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Megan, you bring up something so important. I'm so glad that you, you, that you have this like other side because mm-hmm. We say this, I say this to my students all the time. You got to do something that mm-hmm. puts yourself on the other side, whether that's your reader or your mm-hmm. location or casting assistant, or you're doing mm-hmm. something else. Because what's happening, Megan, is you're not taking your headshots. So you're not the actor in the headshot yeah. mode where you're thinking about, am I doing this right? I want to do, you're seeing it from a quiet corner on the side. Yes. Yeah. And it's the same thing why my reel changed when I was in a meeting with my manager, just he and I, and he was going over my reel and it was two and a half or three and a half minutes long. And I was like, oh my God, this is taking forever to get, to get yeah. him to the gold. I've got to take this down by half. Down. Yeah. The only reason I realized that was because I wasn't an actor looking at my reel. I was a person watching an agent or a rep watch my reel. Watch and so reel. I was lifted out of the actor's self mm-hmm. and watching it from the side and mm-hmm. everything changed. So what Megan's really saying is like you have you've taken now the stress of the of the focus on you and you're mm-hmm. able to see the situation with completely different lenses. Yeah. And when you see a hundred headshots, you're realizing what works, what doesn't, why are they, why, when that came, they, the person came in and kind of ruined their own experience and how they mm-hmm. shot themselves in the foot doing this or that. Right. That's how you really see. So whether it's headshots or being a reader, you're really getting a magnification on that place as in a, in just a different way. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I love it. You know, I waited tables for 10 years in the city and I was miserable. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until I started doing makeup for, for this headshot photographer that I loved my, my side hustle. I loved going to work because it was creative and it was still in the world of what I want to yep. do. Right. Um, yep, still gave you a break from specifically acting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I was good at it. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm good at it. So it felt good to do something. I mean, I was a good waiter too, but I, it just, it it wasn't fulfilling. You know what I mean? That's odd. Yeah. Isn't that odd? Weird. You don't like having lower back issues? No, bottomless brunch <laughs> in the West Village. So fun. Oh, heaven, stop it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I yeah. apologize for my people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a good, we had good times. We had good times. Oh my God. It was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> 
Actors, listen up. If you're having trouble finding a talent agent, or maybe the rep you have is just not cutting it, you need to check out Agent Genie. You'll get access to over 1,500 triple verified talent agents in all major markets. That's LA, New York, Chicago, Atlanta, Toronto, and London. Whether you're a new actor in development or a seasoned pro, if you're looking for representation, Agent Genie is for you. It only takes 15 minutes to download the mailer, follow the prompt, and the Genie will take care of the rest, submitting to all reps in your desired market instantly with its one-click mailer system. And it comes with a tracking report so you'll know who opened your email, who clicked, and who is interested in you. Listen, nothing changes if nothing changes. If you want to get into bigger rooms, make the investment. Take your acting career to the next level today with Agent Genie. Use our promo code BREAK10 for 10 bucks off your purchase. Visit workingactorpro.com slash agentgenie to get started today. Megan, what, what were the things, as, as things are picking up, so you get, you get repped, and I assume you're going to be thrown into a couple of these rooms. How did the first mm-hmm. year or two go? Sometimes you get that big hit and then the year and a half drought. Sometimes you get two years of nothing. I know with Ben, we had talked and he had two years, I believe, right, Adam? Yeah. Two years of kind of radio silence. Um, yeah. And I believe After this was being the catalyst. The golden to child of Julia. Right. Julia. Right. Yeah. So, so um, what was. What and was then the reality slapped him in the face. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. In the fucking cheek. <laughs> uh I'm I'm trying to I'm trying I'm really trying to think back to those first couple of years with my agent. You know, I think um my story is I didn't get in the room a lot, to be honest. <clears throat> I felt like when I did get in the room, I was getting far. I was getting callbacks, I was getting yeah. traction. You were taking I, advantage of the opportunity. You were just not getting those like opportunities. Right. I just wasn't getting a lot of them. And it's so discouraging, so, isn't it? Especially it really starting is. out. You're like, what the hell? I have all this stuff to give and I'm not. Right. But I'm not getting in there, you know? And so I would yeah. do that thing where I'd be like, can you send me my submission report? What, you know, what am I, who am I, who's not wanting to see me, whatever. So I would, I would see those casting directors that were casting the things that I wanted to be in for, that I wasn't getting in the room for. And I would go and I would take a class with them. Right. Specifically, I would. Okay. Want- I was hoping you weren't going to say like looked up their address on Google. Oh God! Can you imagine yeah, just being a total it. creeper? Hi. <laughs> Box Did, of cookies. You don't know me, but you should. You will. Um, no. So I, you know, I would, I would try to be, I would try to be strategic about how to, um, how to get in those rooms that I wasn't getting into. And so, right. to be honest, proactive. Yeah, being proactive. This is and, what you call like the hustle of doing this shit. It's yeah. finding something that's not happening or working and then problem solving and being like, how do I strategically, like you just said, yeah. get what it is that I want that yeah. I feel like I'm not getting. And I'm not getting. And I would still go to, um, you know, I would still go to open calls or, or you know, things like that. And the first job I got I'm, I think this is true. The the first job I got was was hairspray at the Arvada Center, and um, it was the first time that I was like, oh, I, I think that I can I can do this. You know, like I, I think that it's it's gonna be a long road, but I'm but I'm never gonna give up on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna be on Broadway. Like I just, it was that little piece of of you know the cookie that that was enough to keep me going you know oh and aren't those so special because what they do is they really do keep you going it's not the paycheck Mm -hmm. certainly because it's never uh, some big thing it's simply a whisper of validation Mm -hmm. to last Mm -hmm. you another year or two and give you a reason to just stick around and see what happens 
And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. That was my, that was kind of my journey for the last 15 years. It was like just little one, one little. gig a year. Usually I've, I've had, I've had some that were more plentiful than that, but it was like, a, it was like a gig or, or a workshop or mm-hmm. a nymph show or, or something that was enough to, to, to build um, a community, number one, connections, number two, and hope, number three, hmm. that kept me going. And I have had so many close calls, so many. I mean, even recently, like e- even in the last six months that were, they were so close. They were and so you're close. like, if I see Kirsten Dunst, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to punch her in the Dunst. fucking face. No. You know, I did, a, um, I had a, I did a solo show at 54 Below and one of the big, one of my big medleys I did was what if I had booked that job? Like what if I was Kirsten Dunst? And I did a Love. whole medley of like all the movies that she's ever done. I like took songs from them and like put my face, <laughs> I, like ah. my face on her body. And I was like, it could have been me. could have been me. Love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. Um, so yeah, <sighs> I, I, I had a, I've had a lot of, lot of close calls. I've had, you know, Megan, there, there are, there are people, uh, let's call them civilians out there who, you know, they see their friends or or family who are actors. If someone is, has booked a, a, a group of credits, Mm -hmm. theater, film, whatever, those are simply bookings. And the fact is we go out every one thing we book is, I don't know, about a hundred things like maybe. And, and I, 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 I'm reflecting I'm my experience is reflective of yours. I have lost Mm -hmm. millions of dollars. I have, Mm -hmm. I had a commercial at the Grammys last night. Guess who, guess who got cut out? Damn. You know, like you could have six figures or you could not, you know, you could, you could have this role in this Tom Hanks movie, or it's going to go to that guy and that's it. And then tomorrow you're going to get up and you're going to go for another time and another swing that Mm -hmm. we lose so much. We're close Mm -hmm. by this much um, much. with uh, routinely every Every six months, there's something that could be life-changing, but it goes to the other person. And we do that for about 20 years. And hopefully you have one of those things that is kind of life-changing, but yeah. losing huge things, the carrot out of the mouth and that visualization is yeah. like essentially the first 10 years, which is why people quit because it's like, what the hell am I doing? It's literally right. just go doing this over and over. But the fact is just like yours, it's not a break mm-hmm. before the mm-hmm. break. There's no break. There's simple mm-hmm. cracks along yeah. the sides and then. For 20 years, there's this final kind of push, sort of yeah. like Jennifer Coolidge on a grander <laughs> scale. It's like all these God, cool, great roles, but yeah. not the household name yet. Boom. Mm-hmm. Now everybody knows her, you know? And, yeah. and, and I um, think a lot of people part. don't want to hear that um, you're not doing anything wrong. Right. 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 All that, there's wrong, nothing not. wrong that you're mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. It's things that are out of your control. You are doing the right thing. You yeah. keep showing up. You keep showing up. Exactly. That's all you can do. Yeah. It's so admirable it's, to someone. I, uh, it's such a hard thing to ask. It is. It really is. And I and I have to be honest. Something changed in the last mm, maybe year and a half where I started. I was getting close a lot, and 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 thing, and I and I had two really wonderful, fulfilling. Uh, jobs. And I started saying to myself, why not me? I said, I kept going into these rooms and say like, why, why not me? Because oftentimes I would go in, I'd be like, well, it's 
they're never going to choose me. I don't have a Broadway credit. I don't, mm-hmm. no one knows who I am. You know what I mean? I, why not me? I started saying to myself and, and I got to be honest, it changed everything for me. I started walking into that room, even though I'm, I'm, I'm outgoing, I'm confident. I hold my head up high. I'm, I'm usually pretty self-assured. I wasn't fooling anybody. It wasn't until I actually believed it that things really started um, picking up for me. That's what, when everyone says, this is the, my problem in the room. Uh-huh. The answer to that is you don't, you just don't believe that you yeah. should have it. I, when, when I yeah. dated someone who was a, a booker where a big booker where she would lose something and she'd be like on the phone with her rep saying, why though? Like they went with who? Uh-huh. Like she was almost like, well, not an ego thing, but more just like, well, that's odd. Yeah. Sort of like <laughs> I should have, I should have gotten that. That's odd. Okay. Yeah. Well, on to the next one. But that's I weird. I was like, were surprised they were seeing other people. <laughs> I just and thought truly, this was it was more, it was more. I thought I heard it was written for me. So it's a little odd that she got it. <laughs> it was really coming from. I could easily do this. There's no reason yeah. why I shouldn't be able to play it. And it's just, it was almost like ritualistic where the person's like, well, that's fucking weird. Why didn't they? Okay. That's their choice, I guess. And then you're on to the next one with that confidence knowing that, okay, well, if it's not that one, then it can be, you know, some, yeah. some strong choice um, or at least uh, the last few choices or something, but that sort of surprise mm-hmm. of like, yeah, but I, I can do this. That's yeah. Then you trick your mind to thinking that mm-hmm. you should get any job that you go out for because mm-hmm. the first three years are like, I'm probably not going to get it. Like, and then you're mm-hmm. so surprised when you do, but really you should be surprised that you don't and then move on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I <yeah>. don't know. <laughs> it's an yeah. interesting take and it did it change everything for me, by the way. Really? Just watching it. Oh yeah. Just watching mm-hmm. and saying, you have the audacity to think that you could beat 1500 people. Mm-hmm. And then you start to beat 2000 people and you're like, I guess I can do well, that. Now yeah. I believe it. Yeah. And I never, you know, I, 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 I knew I was never going to quit until I, until I made Broadway happen for myself. I like, I just, I, I, I knew it. And I, now that I have made that happen, now I'm still not quit. quitting. <laughs> now it's over. Now she's um, no, no, obviously not. But um, I just knew I was never going to stop until I got there. Mm-hmm. But when, when this, you know, chemical shift started happening in my brain that really, really started saying, why not me? Like, I'm, I'm, I can do it. Why not me? Is when really things started rolling along for me. Wow. It's amazing if we just believed in ourselves, what could happen. Damn. Yeah. So let's talk about Broadway and Julia. Uh Uh-huh. Congratulations. What was, when did you, um, Look at her face brighten up. She's so, you know, like, congrats. Amazing. Makes me so happy. When Amazing. Did, um, talk us through the audition process and when that was. And Okay, so they, funny story, I did not get seen originally for this. They they didn't, they wouldn't see me for it. <clears throat> and was this show cooking, by the way, pre- Yeah, so pandemic? it was on the West, it was, it's on, been on the West End, still running right, on the right, West End right. Um, right. For, for a while. And there was this, you know, chatter that they were going to bring it to to Broadway, and uh, so I was I was away doing a production of Escape to Margaritaville when the breakdowns I originally knew had went out, and I emailed my agent for them, and I sent, and I I, I still have this email, and I remember I said, I think I'm right for for this role, this role, this role, this role, one of those roles being the role that I am currently playing on Broadway, which is crazy, 
Um, and I really want to be seen. And they sent me back an email saying like, we're pushing you and they're being really specific about who they're seeing, uh, but we're pushing you. I said, okay. And I, and I, and I ultimately didn't get an audition. I remember so many of my friends going in for this and I was like, damn, actually one friend came over and me and Ben helped coach them and, and tape their audition. And I remember being like, Dang, why won't you're like, see you're like me? waving away? Like, I could totally hello. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they cast the show and they did their out of town in Toronto um this past summer. And it was a, a major success. And uh and I just kind of forgot about it and and, and started to move on. And um and you were like, I fucking hate that show, so it's fine. <laughs> I don't want to be a part anyway. of it anyway. I know, can you imagine? Um, <laughs> So yeah, they did it. And, um, and then there was this chatter about how the girl that plays, that was playing the role that I had, um, had booked another job, had booked a principal on Broadway. And, uh, I caught wind of it cause I am, I have mutual friends. And so I, I emailed my agents immediately. Did and I some said, of your friends do the out of town? No, I knew no one. I knew no one in the oh. show. I knew people, I knew, you know, people through people, but I I, yeah. I didn't have a close connection to anybody. And um, I emailed my agents and I said, I, I heard this person is leaving the company and uh, and I have to be seen for this. I have to be seen for this. And they said, absolutely, we're, we're pushing you. And, and when that happened again, I was like, well, they pushed me last time and I didn't get seen. Um, but an hour after they sent that email, I got the appointment. And, yeah. Yeah. Like very quickly. <clears throat> and uh, do you see was- how being connected and tuned in mm-hmm. to what's happening can, mm-hmm. can, it can inspire the, the destiny of yeah. you know, your opportunities and being specific and being specific about the things you really, really want, you know, and, and I action. taking action. I, I really, really knew that I was right for this. I really did. And so, and it, and it's a specific track because it's an ensemble track, but it covers two, two principles. And so, and I, and I kind of live in this really interesting space between the two. And so I just really knew that I, that I was right for this. And so I got the appointment and I remember holding these sides and I was, and I, and I thought, this is mine to lose. This is mine to lose. So I did the tape. And I felt really good about it. And I sent it in and I didn't hear anything for like a week. And I got a call back and it was in person to, to dance. It was this, the original sides cause it was to cover. So it was all the, like uh, the principal sides that I had to do. And I had to come and dance and I, and I'm a, I'm a dancer. I dance, but I would never lead with being a dancer. I would never <laughs> like, like a, you know, a, a dance call or anything like that. Of my triple threatness, it's <laughs> right. going to be number it's the three. lowest on the totem pole. And I went, and there was about um, no, I'm lying to you. There was a, there was a, there was another singing inside audition before this, and I went and I sang and I read and I felt good about it. And and then after that, there was a dance call, and uh, I was so nervous. There was about 13 girls there, and we we learned. <sighs> the hardest number in the show problem. And I was losing my shit. I was so nervous. And I remember being like, stand in the front and show them that you can do the moves. You just can't remember the moves. 
Does that make sense? Like, I wanted what to show a great them, instinct. Like, stylistically, I understood what they should look like. I just couldn't always remember in what sequence they came in. Does that make sense? Yeah, because you know, there's somebody who can regurgitate easily, but can exactly. they do the thing perfect? Like, you know, it's about an actor. It's like an actor singing, singing an actor in a, in an audition, and they don't know all the lines, but are they on as far as the story, the character, the right. moments? Those little, he'll rehearse. Right. She'll have three months. Give, like, them, give them a second. Yeah. Right. Right. So, and you're smart to think about what they're going to be thinking about. Right. Not about how, like, like you're how feeling they, about their how they right. on the other side of the table are going to perceive this of like, oh, she, she can, there's a that. rehearsal process. Yeah. She'll get it. Right. It ain't live. Well, yeah. I, I'll, I'll get to the rehearsal process soon. Cause that, that's also cuckoo bananas. But, um, I, yes. Yeah, so I, I did it and they cut us from 13 to six and they kept me and I kept being like, okay. And they were like, Let, we're just going to keep reviewing it, keep reviewing it. And there was something in me that just knew they were championing me. Like I just, I knew, I knew. And, uh, and then they cut us from six down to two, but they kept saying like, if we're letting you go, it's not that like you're out of the mix. It's She's just like the other five are my backup dancers. <laughs> no, hardly. They were all better dancers than me. Um, and I and they they propped two of us back in the room and they said, "We see that you can do this. We just want to get a really good take for the choreographer." I like kept fucking up the takes when I like when they put us in twos to like tape it for the choreographer. It was the associate in the room. I just kept fucking it up, and they're like, "We just want to get a good a good tape of you." And I was like, "Okay." So I did it again. I did fine, and I immediately left the room and I called my agent and I said, "I screwed the pooch. I didn't. That wasn't the best I could have done." I know that I can do better. I was hot. It was a three-hour dance callback. I was hot. I was. My brain was fried. You musical theater actress. I know. This shit is what you have to do. Nuts, nuts. I know. It's nuts. I and I and I said, <laughs> I can do better. I can do better. I know I can do better. It, I can do better right now. I can go home and re-record it right now. And he said, Let me call them. I, I'm. Let me call them and let me see what they said. And so I said, okay, I went home and I immediately taped myself doing it with my cell phone because I wanted to remember it in case they did want me to tape it again. Mm-hmm. Again, everyone proactive. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I, cause I just, I knew that I could do this. Um, and my agent called me back and they said, they felt like they got a good tape of you at the end. No, no worries. And I said, okay. So I had one that more. That could call mean me. what that means, or it could mean yeah. she's screwed She's the dumb. pooch pal yeah and i said well you know that could mean we'll call you we'll call you don't and call you're me. like Ooh. yeah so i uh i you know drowned my sorrows in some chardonnay that night i'm sure or something like yeah. that and mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh and the next day i got an i got a final call back and they they added she's hung over she's like it's a surprise <laughs> oh god i wasn't expecting this and now the room is spinning yeah yeah <laughs> so I, uh, they added some more material for one of the other principles i was going to cover and i had that final callback and i and i left the room and i and i thought i i did everything i could i felt really really good about it and i thought that this was they over they gave you more sides for yeah. the next day of course yeah. they did of course yeah and uh, want to see how she performs under su- some pressure. Duress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I left the room and I thought that was it. And I, it was over. And the next day my agent called me and they said, Hey, they want to do a, 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 um, a work session with you. Oh, and, and the choreographer. She's, hungry. She's even more hungover. 
Uh, Every time I leave these guys, I think it's over, and I, I go knew, to. That's really what I thought it was. I was like, okay, I thought this was over, and it and it uh, wasn't. And and they. Ben's the like, hon, why don't we uh, why don't we chill it out tonight? Because maybe you have tomorrow. No. No, it's over. No, they're not calling me back. <laughs> How many cigarettes did I smoke in Chelsea? <laughs> walking out of a cat, just like fuck this shit. Okay, and right. the call you oh, got it. It's like I knew it. I knew I was alright. Chelsea, yeah, yeah. You're like I knew it the whole time. <laughs> Um, that's so funny. Uh, yeah. So then I had a, a, a work session with me and, and one other actor, uh, working through the choreography with the choreographer herself. And then she taught us an, an another, um, combo that day. Uh, and, and I left and I thought, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't pick up choreography remarkably fast, but I, I did well. And, um, and this I knew they, they were going to have us do that first dance again, the one I taped. Right. So I just obsessively, Ben can vouch for this, for two days, I had a weekend. I found out on a Friday, my work session was on a Monday. Okay. I just did that dance over and over and over and over again. I literally have me taped on my phone a hundred times doing it. <clears throat> and <laughs> and I did it. And uh, And then the next day. I got the phone mm. call and I, and I, and I got, Oh no, that's not true. That's a lie. They I gave then, me more but, shit. They gave me then more. I had a, um, then I had a zoom call with the, with the, with the director. Right, right. Cause he's in the UK and he's gotta know. And I thought she might be good, was, but she might be crazy. She might be, <laughs> right? you know, they gotta know. And I really thought that he was going to offer it to me on, on the zoom call. Oh, yeah, so right. I had Ben tape the whole thing right. just <laughs> in case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would do the same thing if if Tosh was. Do, I I would do the right. same. Okay, so before I hang up, any is that anything it? else? Right, and add? I literally, literally kept being like, uh huh, uh huh, and he finally said at the end, you know, before we can make an a final, you know, an official approach, there's one more thing we have to go through, um, and I, I'm assuming somebody else had to watch my tape, uh, and uh, and then the next, and then the next day, I got the call saying that I had that I had got it and I was an absolute puddle of joy. Just yeah. the best. I could cry thinking about it. It was the best phone call in my life. Because it's not just that phone call about the production no. and a, and a job. It's, it's a cumulative experience of, of purchasing lottery tickets every day. And then, yeah. then one of them actually, you know, that sort of validation payback, um, it all comes flowing in like yeah. in that moment, because it's not just about the job. It's about the journey toward it. Yeah. It was, it was 15 years of no's. It was 15 years of no's for that one. Yes. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm tearing up thinking about it because it was, uh, it was a moment. I will, I will never forget. I will never forget that, that one. Yes. It made all of the heartache worth it really did. And I think of maybe the, the, the drought, the drought before, what if you called it in and just said, it's time that I embrace something else, something life giving for yeah. once. But really it's, I, I always think of the guy who's, who's trying to get the diamond in, in the soil and there's two mm -hmm. guys and one just mm -hmm. gives up and the other one is just, it's right there. It's on the there. other side, but you gave up, you know, I could never give up because I would be obsessed about the following Monday, what that would, would have brought. Yeah. It was, it was never an option. It wasn't an option. For me. And it's always crazy every time you get those calls and your rep is like, so they want to 
give you an mm-hmm. offer and mm-hmm. this is when your shoot date is and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like, oh, right. I moved here to do something. And in a week or two or whenever, I get to be a fucking professional yeah. actor on a set and get a paycheck and I'm going to be on TV. And it's like, yeah, I, I, like you were saying, it's cumulative of all the stuff that you've done. Second grade. Like, Second you know, grade. It's so yeah, crazy I mean, that that call never gets old. No. And that, yeah, I, I, I hope I, I hope I experience it again in my life, but if, if I don't, uh, it was all worth it for that one. And I'm lucky because I've had the same rep for 13 years. So he, uh, he really has seen all the close calls and knows with me. Yeah. So to be able to make that call to me, um, is really special. And, and, and when my phone, as soon as my phone rang, Ben, Ben knew and, and, and did pick up the camera and started recording and I have that on tape and, <sighs> It now is. You can Just keep that going. <laughs> another. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine? <laughs> um, Megan, yeah. we want to see you one more time. Just one Here's more. Here's a few more lines, oh just gosh, to make sure. Just I need to see your line. shoulders. That's all. That's just, all we're just, just, just a bit of the shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> but now, Megan, Kevin. the thing is, you have that credit, and I would say in your line of work of, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of theater, you're on the board now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you have that. And I think it's only going to perpetuate after. This I show. certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. It's a, it's a, I'm having the time of my life. I mean, this show is, is such a joy to do. I'm so lucky that this is what I'm making my debut in because it is just, it is so much fucking fun. People are going, people are having a blast at the theater, but not to say that if it was some dramatic, um, you know, show that I was like pouring, you know, crying every night doing wouldn't have been equally as fun, but there is something about just the inherent joy that this, that this show has that makes it really, really easy to go to work every day because, um, it's just a, it's just a blast. It's just a yeah, blast. Yeah, we're in the people pleasing business. Yeah, especially yeah. live entertainment, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's 15 people making our Broadway debuts in this show. Whoa! 15. No! Yeah. Oh, yeah. the joy That's of that awesome. stage! Yeah. Oh my god! And uh, it's it's just it's so much fun. It really is. You know what I'd like to see a a, a show behind the show of fifteen newbies and one veteran cynical fucking like <laughs> fifteen seen it all. Who don't know what to do? I'm dead. Yeah, no that backstage <laughs> is backstage is really like the reality show that somebody needs to produce of something. You know, I'm sure. How funny was that? So be? good. Oh so my good. gosh! Now, now there are a lot of students who are listening who maybe have questions about getting into the business and how to succeed. We've talked about everything, and it's hard to like pinpoint the one thing that you would say to an actor. But seeing your line uh, of progress, the difficulties that you've surmounted, all the traps that you can get into, um, and the fact that you have been a success, what would you say to some of these newbies who just are a, a bright white canvas? Yeah, I would say be proactive. Seek the things that are um, that speak to you and excite you, and be kind to everyone. Everyone, uh, 
everyone will circle back to you. It all comes back. So be kind in the process. And if you really want it, if you really, really want it, stick with it. I think those are the three things that I, I, if I had to latch, if I had to go back and tell, tell younger Megan, I mean, it's, they sound cliche, but they're, they're really true and uh, foster a community. And uh, if you want it, what will, what is meant for you will not pass you by. It won't. Yeah. I totally, I totally agree. And there's a reason why that whisper came to you at such a young age and, and you stuck through it through all those years. And, and now where we are entering what apparently is called middle age, which I don't believe. Ew. I know. <laughs> Sorry to say it, but you know, it's, I'm in it's my apparently, Wait, I know middle age. Damn. Yes. We're entering though. I'm saying entering because it's like okay, 40, entering. like you're entering toward that. But that's the age that, that we see the snowball start to go over the top and gain that, that larger circumference as it rolls, uh-huh. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's just, you know, it's been such a long road and it never, ever, ever loses its power when we hear a story because yeah. we, we actually throw like a face to the experience and get to hear it firsthand. So, so Megan, thank you for sharing it. I hope you come oh, back. Pleasure. This is not your, um, there are so many shows ahead of you, so oh, much to do, you know, thank and, you. um, yeah, Thank thanks you. for swinging by, really. It was such a pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Megan, where can people find you online? Uh, it's Megan Kane on Instagram and Twitter, although I don't post on Twitter very often, but I will repost something. <laughs> but that's where I am uh, on Instagram. It's Megan Kane. With and outside of the show, do you have anything in the pipeline coming up or you're just on the... Yeah, I'm and Juliet train for the foreseeable future. Foreseeable future. Um, I will be at the Stephen Sondheim Theater eight times a week. So that's where that's where nice. you can find me. Yeah. Yep. Well, Amazing. congratulations, Megan. Turning Thank fantasy to reality and taking fucking names. Thank in you a few so months, much. I'm gonna have to come uh meet you and Ben after your guys' oh my gosh, shows please. and we'll have a drink. Uh, that would be, it would be so much fun. It would be our pleasure. We would love that. Megan Kane, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This was such a wonderful chat. Thanks guys. So nice to meet you. Have a good Have one. A good one. Bye. Bye. Oh, never never loses its luster. I'll tell you what, Adam. I mean, I love hearing stories like that. I, I love it. I love it because there was nothing before. There was only what she called hope. You know, there was nothing, no promises. No, this will happen. It was all just like, it's in your head and you <laughs> like this idea and you have to do everything in your power to make it happen. And, you know, taking action. I think that's the theme. Cause really like taking action was the, was the, um, the spark. I mean, the reason why she's, she's there eight days a week now, uh, eight times a week is, is, because she decided to put her ear to the ground, take action, to email, to follow up, to spend some time, to go home and record that thing a hundred times so you know it inside and out when they meet you again. And, and again, it's easy to know somebody's you know, leaving the show and just be like, oh, I hope I get a call and being like, hey, I have to be seen for this. I heard this. Mm-hmm. Let's do something about it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's all in your power. It's not about the rep. The rep's not, they're just going to push you into a room. It's your job to know the room, know who's in the room and know who's coming out of the room, who's retiring from the room. Like, you know, it's, it's up to us. There's no, you know, we have to, we have to be our own manager in some ways. 
Uh, she's so lovely. That she is. Well, everybody, that's another episode. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. You can find out more about uh, Before the Break and how to become a working actor at workingactorpro.com. Follow us on Instagram at Before the Break Pod and Working Actor Pro. Follow us on Twitter at Before the Break Pod and check out Adam's stuff at adamdecarlo.com. Follow him at that Adam DeCarlo. And you can see my stuff at dtomdowning.com. Follow me at I'm Tom, by the way. Don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a rating, and write a review if you like what you heard. Check back next week for an all new episode with an all new guest, Adam. See you next week. Adios. You've been listening to Before the Break. The hosts are Tommy Beardmore and Adam DiCarlo. Cover art by Amanda June Boucher. Music by Benjamin Sterley. Before the Break is recorded live from Los Angeles and New York City.